Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark with Charles W. Chuck Bryant and Jerry. This is Stuff You Should Know. The A-Team. <clears throat> no guest producer, no Ben Bolin. Just us. <laughs> that really got under your crawl, didn't it? What? The 3D printing prank. What? I don't know that prank. Ben Bolin sitting in for you. Oh, oh, that. <laughs> yeah. How many pranks have we pulled? No, no, no. I didn't know. I didn't know it was 3D printing. I, I thought mm-hmm. he printed something for me. No, no. No, I thought that was great. I thought it was pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm looking forward to? What? Our Christmas episode. Yeah. And our Halloween episode. Because those two. No one can complain about. <laughs> yeah, there are true. no sides to be taken. Oh, uh, you guys seem to favor Christmas <laughs> in that Christmas episode. You weren't very neutral about it. Yeah, those are definitely, we love those episodes. We do. Or like anything on like Play-Doh or Spam or, or we didn't do Play-Doh yet, did we? No, it's in the queue. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah, it's supposedly very neat stuff. That's right. I was deprived as a child. I was not allowed to play with toys. What? I had to sit in a room quietly for <laughs> the first 12 years of my life. Oh, little Albert. <laughs> I wish. Yeah. Yeah, at least he got to be exposed to rabbits and stuff like that. <laughs> Speaking of, you know I did a video on little Albert. Oh, yeah? On uh, Don't Be Dumb? No, on Psychology is Nuts. Oh, okay. Oh, and speaking of video, mm-hmm. what a perfect segue. We have a new video series out called Studio Show Notes. And if you've ever wanted to get inside the studio with this, this is the best way to do it. Yeah. That or win a contest. Yeah. We like bring the cameras in here and we talk about like some newsy things. It's usually a news item that relates to a past show mm-hmm. or if there's an update or a correction and it's short and sweet and, uh, that's it's, short. It's cool. No, it's sweet. It's, it's tangy. Yeah. It's short <laughs> and tangy. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's so all the studio show notes. Yeah. And you can go to our YouTube channel. Um, Search Josh and Chuck. Yep. And YouTube. Check those out and don't be dumb. We've got some good videos going lately. And psychology is nuts. That's right. Thanks, man. Yeah. So uh, now on to probiotics. Chuck. Yes. You remember uh, when we went to Guatemala? Yeah. You and Jerry both took probiotics, I think, ahead of time, didn't you? I did. And it did nothing to help you. Or was it Jerry? Which one of you got sick? Oh, I did. Because, it was you. Yes, because of the ice and the rum drinks. Man, what that are I, you thinking? I closed my mouth in the shower, did everything right all week, and that last night I went crazy at a dance club yeah. and drank ice yes. <laughs> with alcohol. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, I wouldn't trade it, though. That was like one of the best nights. How long were you sick for? I don't remember, but I had, what did they call it, the guate chocolate? That is so gross. It is so gross. That's so gross. Yeah, it tore me up. <laughs> tore but up l- luckily, it was up. after I'd gotten back home. Right. Because I could not imagine. I remember thinking at the time, man, if I was in Guatemala suffering through this right now, oh. I would be miserable. Yeah. Because I'd be missing out on the trip from our friends at, at uh, Cooperative for Education. Yeah. Coed.org. Yep. The question remains, though. I like, took probiotics. Well, no, I know you took probiotics, but the question remains, like, did it help you? Did it shorten the duration of your traveler's diarrhea? I have no idea. What some would call. No, you don't. No one knows. Because probiotics, although very intuitive, Mm -hmm. isn't backed up with science. Not Not, a lot. Not yet. Yeah, a little bit. uh, And we'll we'll get to findings. But, um, yeah, I don't want to spoil it yet. We'll get to that later. 
No, but again, it's extremely intuitive. It makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Probiotics means for life or good life in favor of a life. <laughs> Greek. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's the idea and the practice of taking bacteria that's been proven or suggested to be beneficial to the health of our guts. Yeah. Um, and ingesting it like either in a pill form or in certain types of food. Yeah, Northern Europe and Japan have been big on this for a while. Yeah, as a matter of fact, the whole concept of eating bacteria to improve health rather than contracting disease comes from Europe, comes from Central Europe or Eastern Europe. Eastern. There's a Nobel Prize winner, and his name was uh, Eli, uh, what is it? Uh, Mechnikov. Nice. Yeah. Um, and Mechnikov said... Russian. Yeah, but he was studying Bulgarians. He was studying the, the longevity of Bulgarian peasants. And Bulgarian yeah. peasants were known to eat a fermented milk product called Kiselo Milyako, which is sheep's milk yogurt, nice. known colloquially here in the U.S. as Bulgarian sour milk. And it's a fermented milk product. That sounds so gross. It does, but I'll bet it's pretty tasty. It's probably like kefir uh, or kefir. I've never had that either. It's not bad. It's but like, a, definitely... it's like a, a much more liquidy Greek yogurt. Okay. I definitely, though, if, if I had a hot day working in the yard and Emily's like, <laughs> how about some Bulgarian sour milk? <laughs> it's room temperature. Yeah. Boo. Yeah. No, uh, you would not want to do that. But after a, um, you, you just eat it. Okay. okay. You're Bulgarian. You're Balki Bartokamus now. Sure. And you are living forever because you've been eating Bulgarian sour milk for your whole life. Okay. So Michnikov was studying this at the beginning of the 20th century. And in around, I think around 1907, he published this whole idea like, wait a minute, I figured it out. There is a fermented or fermenting bacteria called lactobacillus. Yes. That basically produces lactic acid during the fermentation process. Yeah. And... It, it's in this food stuff. And if you eat this food stuff, you will gain health benefits from it. And everybody's like, shut up, you crazy Russian. You're probably friends with Rasputin or something. <laughs> yeah. And we're not going to listen to you. But it turns out he was totally right. Well, yeah, I think he was like, these are Bulgarian peasants. They should not be this healthy. No. You know? No. Because they don't have all the uh, benefits of living in a different place and having a lot of wealth. No, and you saw perfect strangers. Like, Balky was not risk-averse, <laughs> accident-prone. There were a lot of reasons he shouldn't have been alive. Was he Bulgarian? Uh, I think so. I didn't watch it. What? Yeah, I didn't watch it. I know the show, but I didn't watch it. Wow. <laughs> you should go back and watch it. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. It's a cute show. I like the, the dude and the other guy, too. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't watch it. Cousin what Larry. year was that? Was that 80s? Yeah, mid-late 80s, like 87, 88. I was watching Moonlighting. You could have watched them both. I don't think they were on in different time slots. <laughs> you remember the time slot? Dude, the one where they have to move a piano upstairs. Classic. It is. It's great TV. Let me guess. Did they get it all the way to the top and it rolled back on somebody? I think that happened in the middle. Oh, man. Yeah. That Balky. So anyway... um, Mitchnikov publishes his findings. They, they go largely ignored. And um, around the same time, actually a few years before, there was a Frenchman named Henri Tissier. And in 1899-1900, mm-hmm. he started studying the poop of healthy breastfed infants. Yeah. And he noticed 
that the healthiest ones all had something called what he called bifidobacterium. So Y-shaped gram-negative bacterium. Yeah. And uh, he said, you know what? I think this is linked to health. And again, no one listened to him because at the time it was like, we're all happy with germ theory. Yeah, that's not, that was probably like magic back this, then. This flies in the face of germ theory. It's yeah. like, yeah, we agree. There's little tiny things around, but they're trying to kill us. They're not making us healthier. Yeah. Well, these two guys said, yes, they are. And they provided the basis for probiotics, which still today, the two types of probiotics, the two genera of probiotics that are, um, that are viewed as beneficial yeah. are lactobacillus and bifidobacterium. Yeah, it's crazy that they were onto this way back then. Yeah. And now it's becoming a very trendy thing. And uh, if you go to buy a supplement, they say to look for like at least so many billion of those two strains. One billion is the 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 minimum amount. Yeah, but ten the, to the ninth power. They recommend much more than that. Like Emily takes ones, it's like fifteen billion. Right. Because and we'll get into this too, you can't necessarily count on all those 15 billion being alive by the time they hit your intestines. I know. But we'll get to that. Although it's sort of just. (laughs) (laughs) So let's, let's talk about, um, probiotics in general. Like the, the World Health Organization, like you said, Europe and Japan have been hip to the probiotics for a while. Yeah. Um, and the World Health Organization created a definition that's just out of this world. Live microorganisms, which, when administered in adequate amounts, confer a health benefit on the host. That <laughs> <laughs> sounds on the host. Just say the person. Right. And live organisms, like you could, that could be possums. Yeah. But you could eat a bunch confer, of live possums. That doesn't confer a health benefit. Well, there's only one way to find out if it does or not. Yeah. You haven't tried it. Yeah. Uh, and like we said, uh, these days, um, it's in a lot of food products. Um, a lot of people are uh, on the supplement plan, though. Uh, just to take them in a capsule form. Right, but when you add something like a probiotic to food, you create what's called in the industry a functional food. And there's a bit of problem with functional foods in that they uh, have made a lot of claims because they're not regulated by the FDA. Yeah. Uh, and so they can say certain things, they can't say other things. And like, um, I guess we can go ahead and say, because it's public news, Dannon, uh, who makes uh, Activia, mm-hmm. Um, we all saw the commercials with Jamie Lee Curtis. Activia. Just one serving will make you regular. Yeah. Um, I even worked on a photo shoot for, I just remembered that now with her. For Activia? For Activia. Wow. Way back in the day. And, uh, she got mad because a PA was taking pictures of her. Like mad, mad? Yeah, she wasn't very nice about it. What did she say? Um, well, I was just doing that whole PA thing where you know there's a scene and you just oh. try and get close and listen. Were you the one who was taking pictures? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, my friend was. Um, and it was on the beach. I just remembered him taking pictures and her, uh, like she didn't smash his camera. <laughs> she didn't show him Penham? But she had it smashed. <laughs> Did she really? No, no, no. Oh, okay. She had it, um, she had the film taken from him though. This is pre-digital. Oh, wow. Yeah, I just remembered that. Huh. Uh, I'm not knocking Jamie Lee Curtis. No, I mean, you know what it's like, the paparazzi following you all the way. You just, you can't even get away from it on a film I've set. I've smashed a camera. Um, but Dannon, um, did get into trouble because they overstated the effects. And while they're not under the FDA, the FTC got involved and said the Federal Trade Commission and called them out and they had to stop making those claims of regularity. Um, they had to stop making claims that it prevented cold and flu. <laughs> yeah, that's probably good. And they had to pay out $21 million to 
39 state attorney generals, which uh, I don't. I guess those are fines. I, I couldn't get exactly how that yeah, happened. Yeah, I'm sure it's settlements. They okay. were sued. Well, no, I don't think they were sued. Yeah. Attorney, the, and by the way, attorneys general. Yeah. Sorry, that was William <laughs> Sapphire's ghost going through me. But um, they they sue, like they get together and say, "Hey, like." We're I guess they were lawsuits. Then I just thought they were fines. Well, either way, they had to pay out money and they had to stop overstating these things and go to more generalized uh, claims. Which they paid out twenty one million. You say. Yeah, I mean, it, it may have ended up being more than that even. That's not too bad because the first year that Activia was out, according to this article, it made $100 million in sales. Yeah, they're like, whatever. Yeah, $21 million? Here, take stroke, it. Stroke Who check. cares? <laughs> but the, the, the point is, if Activia could make $100 million in sales, it's a yogurt, everybody. Yeah. $100 million in sales in the U.S., and it's a yogurt. It shows, like, wow, people really want this. They want probiotics. They believe in it. Yeah. But we find, after looking into it, like, whoa there, everybody. We, like, yes, it makes sense. We know it makes sense. And yes, yogurt can be delicious. And we also know yogurt is good for you. Yeah. and and But we've got to get to the science of all this. And yeah. we will get to the science of this right after this, everybody. So, Chuck, everybody's really hot and heavy to buy Activia to take probiotic supplements. Yeah. Like, everyone wants this to work because the idea of friendly little bacteria getting into our tummies and, you know, tickling everything just right to make everything go well. Yeah. You know, especially like if you can't poop or something like that. Sure. Or if you're pooping a lot. Right. Then it's runny. Um, then, then this idea very much appeals to you. Yeah. Eat some yogurt, feel better. That sounds great. Mm -hmm. That's like what food ideally is supposed to do is to make you feel better, not give you diabetes and keep you from standing up from the couch. You know, (laughs) it's supposed to like make you jump on the beach and have someone's camera broken when they take pictures of you. (laughs) It's supposed to make you poop like that's what food's supposed to do. And I think that's why Activia uh, sold as much as it did. Yeah. And that's why people want this stuff to work. But. Like I said, we have to get into the science of it. And the science is there in some cases, but not nearly as far as it's being stretched at this point. Yeah, I went to the Harvard uh, Harvard EDU site to look at the, the skinny on what they found. And right now in 2014, mid-2014, they can pretty much say with great confidence through study, scientific study, mm-hmm. that uh, – it can help your uh, bowel situation. It can reduce <laughs> diarrhea. Hey, man, what's your bowel situation? <laughs> your bowel sitch. Uh, it can help you maybe if you have IBS or if you have uh-huh. taken antibiotics uh-huh. that give you diarrhea because they give me diarrhea like crazy. Right. Um, they, they've pretty much sussed that out with studies. Yes. The, all those are backed up with study. Yeah. Um, so and- it, it'll, it can help you if you have intestinal issues. It can help you. Right. Um, there are other intestinal issues that it's being touted to be able to help, like Crohn's disease. Yeah. Jury's still out on that, even yeah. though a lot of people are like, yeah, probiotics can help. And that would make sense intuitively because the uh, beneficial probiotics like um, bifidobacterium and lactobacillus yeah. um, supposedly cut down on inflammation and an inflammation response. And right. that's what Crohn's disease is. Yeah. Um, and they they supposedly also can help with everything from vaginal infections, yeah, um, to uh, allergies, childhood allergies. All of these 
claims are being made about probiotics. And again, intuitively, they may help. They, they could conceivably help, but the science is not there backing it up. And that's not to say that the science is saying, no. Right. This, we've, we've shown that this doesn't have an effect. Right. It's at the point where these studies are just now beginning to be carried out. So a body of study on them is, is starting to now be amassed in the United States, at least. Yeah. Um, it's a difficult thing to study because you have to study feces. Yeah. Uh, and, um, I think Molly wrote this. Mm-hmm. She pointed out a good point. Even if you do study feces and even if you do find that, uh, a certain amount of bacteria has made it all the way through into your feces. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't necessarily know what exactly it did. Right. I mean, it, they, it had to be reported, been, right. reported findings. Like I felt better or I didn't have diarrhea as long this time I took antibiotics. And there's a lot of dispute also over what constitutes an effective dose. And when you're talking about probiotics, what you're taking are called colony forming units, CFUs. Yeah. And these are viable bacteria that can reproduce and spread and colonize your colon, right? Yeah. So this panel of, um, I guess, probiotic experts, academics, got together in, I think, Florida in October of 2013 mm-hmm. and said, we've studied all the literature, we've done some meta-analysis, and this is what we've concluded. And they recommend that you take no less than 1 billion colony-forming units, CFUs. Yeah. So it's 10 to the ninth power. And like you said, Emily takes them that are like 15 billion colony-forming units. Um, And that they also said that we need to study more particular species and strains. Right. Because if you say bifidobacterium, or lactobacillus, you're talking about an entire genera of bacteria. Yeah. Not even like a strain or species, a genera, right? Yeah. And you, you can't say, oh, bifidobacterium is good for, uh, Crohn's. That's like saying red pills make you healthy. Like, what, what, right. what type of red pills and what do the red pills specifically do? So thanks to the human microbiome, project, which we've talked about before yeah, in the yeah. episode, we're starting to get a clearer picture of what constitutes a healthy gut in an average person, right. depending on your genetic makeup, right? And what constitutes an unhealthy gut. And once we start to understand what a healthy gut looks more like, yeah. we can kind of enrich that environment and maybe add more bacteria to the beneficial bacteria probiotic list. Yeah, there's a researcher um, at the University of Colorado School of Medicine that says that uh, there's just a misconception out there that you're just reseeding your good bacteria that's missing. Uh, she, her basic point is this, there's a, a lot of overgeneralization going on, mm-hmm. like you were talking about with the red pill. Um, she thinks there's a lot of potential in the future and that it could end up doing a lot of this, but the notion of, you know, you're reseeding your bacteria uh, and it's good for you and that's all you need to know. It's just a big oversimplification of what's going on right. because everyone's different. And like you said, the different strains and uh, what's good for one person might not be as good for another. Right. It's like super specific. But the two the two genera, Bifidobacterium and um, Lactobacillus, have been shown to the, – the reason they're considered probiotics. Yeah is because they are not necessarily going in and recolonizing your your gut like those things are present yeah but again your the uh, av- the healthy microbiome we're starting to understand is just this huge grab bag that can change from person to person yeah from um 
race to race, basically. Yeah. Um, but those two specifically, those two genera specifically, have effects on things like your immune system. Like they spur the production of immunoglobin A yeah. or um, beta defensin, which are both they they're they're both immune proteins that go after pathogens. So right. they help with your immune system. These two things do specifically. Yeah, that's what you you want to look for those two. Right. And those are the two main players anyway. Like if you're going to get a probiotic, you're probably going to find those. Right. But not coincidentally, those are also the ones that were discovered a hundred something years ago right. and have been studied in one form or fashion ever since. So as we start to come across more potentially good bacteria from the Human Microbiome Project, they'll be studied in um, more detail and we'll get a better idea of this particular strain of this species of this genera right. is probably good for this. Right. Yeah. And then there's the whole thing of prebiotics, which we should talk about right after this. Stuff you Stuff you okay, so you're in the store uh, and you want to get something good for your gut because you've been pooping, you've had diarrhea, mm-hmm. and you just got general uh, trouble with, with your stomach. Malaise yeah. forever. Malaise forever. Uh, you go in and you see probiotics <laughs> and you think, hey, I've heard of those on the news. They're, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is dancing on the beach. Right. Um, coating herself with yogurt and she's doing great. <laughs> and, but this the prebiotic, what in the world is that? That is not the same. Prebiotic spurs this growth it's of like, these bacteria. It's like food for probiotics. Yeah. Instead of a probiotic, which is the actual bacteria you're ingesting, prebiotics will uh, help them grow. Yeah. You're giving it a nourishing environment to grow in. And you can take them both at the same time. Yeah. There's something called symbiotics, which is prebiotic and the probiotic. So it's the food and the thing that eats the food all mixed together. And things like yogurt, kefir, kimchi, miso, sauerkraut, fermented foods like that. They have it naturally. Those are symbiotics. They have both. And in prebiotics... It's kind of just fiber in a lot of cases, dietary fiber that they like to eat. Oh yeah, and ferment. All right. Well, we talked earlier about um, you don't know exactly how much you're getting in some of these foods. Um, that's a problem because <laughs> you don't know if you, you don't know what dosage you need. Yeah. You don't know how much is six because these things are you know that's why there's 15 billion of them in a tiny little pill. Right. They, they die very easily. And through packaging and shipping, uh, you don't know how much you're going to be getting in the, uh, in the end. Yeah, if you if uh, not in the end, you know what I mean. Well, you know, like if you look, if you go into a health food store or something, right, and they have probiotics, they might have some that are refrigerated, but yeah. then they have some on the shelf, well, and like, what's the difference? Yeah. Well, the ones on the shelf have undergone a process of freeze drying. Yeah. So they're basically in cryonic suspension, suspended animation, right? Yeah. Then. And it protects them. Being in that state, yeah, they're frozen from in things carbonate. like basically, yeah, it, and it protects them from exposure to um, when they're if they're exposed to heat or cold or um, moisture. Although not moisture, once they're exposed to moisture, they come back and they're they're in trouble yeah, unless they're, they're in your tummy. Gremlins, but so those those have been freeze dried. The ones that are in the refrigerator are likely not freeze dried, and they're much more fragile. Yeah, that's what Emily's are refrigerated and expensive. Well, yeah. Because it costs a lot more to take care of them, to keep them yeah. in a state of um, life yeah, so that they can have an effect. The problem is, is when you buy those at the store, 
you have no idea if what you're buying is the real deal or not because, like you said, the FDA isn't regulating this. Uh, true, but there, you can do a little research and find out, like, you know, I don't think there's a ton of snake oil out there, is there? Well, so I, I read this, um, article from, uh, consumerlab.com. Was it called snake oil as probiotics? No, it was, it was, basically it was saying, like, in 2009, they, they did a random sample of probiotics on the market. Yeah. And 85% didn't have the advertised amount of bacteria in it. Because they had died off some? For whatever reason. Yeah. Because that's the thing. Like, let's say I sell you a bunch of bacteria and you're going to put them into pills. What but do you got? You, you don't, you know, man, I got some phytobacterium. <laughs> yeah? I got lactobacillus. <laughs> what do you, what do you want? How much? Oh, uh, we'll talk later. <laughs> but I'll give you a good deal. All right. So, but you, you don't invest in you like. Better a, not be like that last batch. This one's, this one's even All better. All right, cool. <laughs> I had them dyed neon green for you. All right. You can do something with that. Um, but they have like vacuum machines that you you deal with this this yeah. bacteria and put it into pill form or whatever. Let's say you don't invest in that; you just run it through a regular pill machine. All right. well, the bacteria dies, even if you know that's dead. Yeah, you can still slap that in and be like, "There's 50 billion CFUs in each pill. Come yeah. get it. Come get it." Knowing they're dead, nothing's going to happen to you. You're not running afoul of the FDA so long as you're not saying. And this stuff can cure your Crohn's disease because all the FDA is concerned with is your claims to what your product can do, not whether that stuff's in there. Or right. Not. Yeah. I will say this. I often find myself buying them for her because I'm Aaron boy. Yeah. At the health food store, they uh, have very boring labels. They look more like medicines. Right. And they say, you know, 15,000, uh, or 15 billion, sorry, mm-hmm. 15,000. 15,000. <laughs> yeah, wow. Uh, it's all listed on the label. I went to, um, get her recently. I was at a, a big chain grocery store and she said, Hey, I'm out. Just see what they have there. Right. And I knew what they wouldn't have the stuff that the, uh, health food store had, but I perused and what you find in the grocery store are major brands selling what to me looks like a bunch of BS. Yeah, for sure. I mean, why, why not? If every if a hundred million, if people want to buy a hundred million dollars worth of Activia, yeah, and you you're a supplement manufacturer, why wouldn't you get in on that? You already know the ins and outs of the yeah. federal regulations. Here, sucker, buy this. Yeah, that's the problem. Like, and even with the good stuff that you trust at uh-huh. the health food store, yeah, it's not necessarily snake oil. It is probably made in earnest, right? Um, but the key is. It may have undergone, it, like the refrigerator truck maybe broke sure. down on the way, yeah, and yeah. the whole batch was ruined. They're still going to sell it, and they'll still. They, they, there's no no repercussion, yeah. and you will have no idea yep. whether it's effective or not. That's why we need probiotics. Probably do work, yeah, but we have to figure out how to, how much is the right amount, uh-huh. and how to deliver that amount in a way that is going to basically stay effective throughout the production and transportation and distribution segments. Yeah, some kind of regulations. And then when it hits your stomach, it's going to survive your stomach and then dissolve in your gut, which is what's supposed to happen. Yeah. So we're just not quite there yet. No. But that doesn't mean that those probiotics that you trust don't actually work. They very well may work. Yeah, and the the consensus that everyone agrees on is you're not gonna, you're not going to hurt yourself by taking probiotics. Right. There there have been studies that have shown like if you're a healthy person, 
it may not do anything for you. Right. But it's probably not going to hurt you. But there was one big exception with pancreatitis. In this article, um, there's a study that's cited to where a group of people who had pancreatitis, 300 patients with pancreatitis, some received probiotics, others received a placebo. And even with everything else being equal, all things being equal, the people who are taking probiotics, 24 of them died, which is twice the number of the deaths in the placebo group, which is just weird. That is weird. And then also, if you have a lowered or compromised immune system, you probably should avoid probiotics is the other warning that I came across. I've also seen that it could possibly maybe help with not getting cancer, but you shouldn't take them if you're getting cancer treatment. But I don't know if that's right on either. I haven't heard that one. Uh, some Canadians uh, have researched... Um, and they think, and see, this is still the Wild West. Like we said, like there's so many claims that they think might, like in 10 years, this would be a completely different show. Uh, but researchers in Canada have linked uh, supplements to lower levels of anxiety. Oh, yeah. Um, and stress. And uh, this past <laughs> December, the British Journal of Nutrition found that women supplementing their diet um, were more likely to lose weight huh. compared to the placebo. Again, like there's that But that whole... just could be correlation too. You never know. But it makes sense because there's that mind-gut connection where well, yeah, that's... like the vast majority of our serotonin is produced in yeah. our gut and travels up to our brains. Yeah. Well, that's what they're, the Canadians are ex- thinking exactly that as far as stress reduction. Huh. They're thinking that's a two-way street there. So what do you do in the meantime? You buy the yogurt and just take a bath in it. <laughs> that's that's one thing you can do. Uh-huh. Um, if you have some, especially if you have some sort of gut-related disease or condition, um, find peer-reviewed academic articles on what probiotics may or may not work for that condition and then try that. Yeah. Go find the best ones you can find or the ones that you trust the most. Um, and the National Institutes of Health actually has a pretty open-minded um probiotics page, several probiotics page. Yeah. But um, at least the one on lactobacillus gives recommended doses for different, um, uh, I guess, bowel conditions. Yeah. I bet you there's, it's probably not the hardest thing to get some funding for studying this stuff right now. Yeah, really? It's probably a good time to be in that research. The microbiome is so hot right now. Yeah. <laughs> they're doing, I mean, they're testing all kinds of things. The, the, the lady from Colorado said that um, they've done studies in rodents that suggests that certain microbes might uh, mitigate a high-fat diet. So maybe it could help treat obesity. Who knows? Who knows? It's This is one we should definitely follow up on with studio show notes. Oh, we will, man. In a year. Okay. If we're still doing that show. <laughs> we are. <laughs> By God. You got it? Yeah, I got nothing else. Um, they won't hurt you. They could help. Give it a try. Although, again... If you have pancreatitis, look into it. Yeah. And, compromised immune system. And again, I suggest to not, if, if you really want to see if it works, go to the nutrition health food store, spend a little money on the, the real deal. Don't buy the little box at uh, your grocery store that has like, uh, if it has a lot of pictures of people smiling and things. <laughs> I say, I, no. Okay. Wise words from Chuck. Yeah. Uh, if you want to know more about probiotics, you can type that word in the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. And since I said search bar, it's time for listener mail. Uh, this is an archaeologist wrote in to say we did a good job. 
Nice. Uh, guys, I'm so relieved. My faith is maintained. I always knew um, you weren't experts. But you do do a lot of research, and so I take things you say with a pinch of salt. But you were really spot on with uh, my field of expertise with archaeology. Um, and I'm going to trust you more from now on. Uh, since university, I've done digs, uh, the Viking Age in New York, the Talayokic Bronze Age in Mallorca, and the Hellenic Byzantine period in Georgia. Um, so he's done a lot of digs. Yeah. He's touting his digs. Uh, I've encountered many different archaeological methods, and from now on, I think I'll refer to them, uh, refer them to your podcast. Um, though you only use the example of excavating by meter square holes, which always causes a single tear to roll down my cheek when an entire site is when an entire site is done like that. Uh, you also mentioned the B word brush, which must never be spoken of, let alone used on a dig. It smears what you're excavating and makes it hard to see. So apparently they don't brush. Maybe they, I bet it's air, canned air or something. Oh yeah, or they uh, just go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> movies get it wrong then, because everyone uses a brush in the movies. Sure. Everybody knows that. Maybe this guy is getting it wrong. <laughs> uh, over, more movies. Overall, though, guys, I give you nine out of ten. You covered all the important bits, like uh, uni- uniformitarianism, uh, the conflict between civil engineers and archaeologists at a development, illegal antiquities, and the thorny issue of returning artifacts to their country of origin. Uh, what is that? Repatriation. Mm-hmm. Um, you even got the Nazis in there. I can't tell you about Aryans or North Germanic peoples, as I'm hardly an expert and don't want to muddy the waters, but one of my lecturers told us that the first non-combat unit into Stalingrad in the Second World War were the SS archaeologists. Uh, they were digging a Bronze Age burial mound in earshot of the siege guns. So that is all the best from Will. Um, the archaeologist in Sussex, England. And not a fan of brushes. I'm sorry, he says Sussex, UK. Yeah, yeah. He just dodged a bullet there. That was close. Thanks a lot, Will. We appreciate that. We're glad we gained your trust, or it was uh, fortified by our archaeology episode, which I think both of us liked. That was a good one. It was. Uh, If you want to let us know how we regained your trust, or gained it, or it was fortified, or whatever, who cares? Just... Let us know. Whatever you want to let us know. You can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com slash Stuff You Should Know. And as always, send us an email to StuffPodcast at HowStuffWorks.com. And as always, join us at our home on the web, StuffYouShouldKnow.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. 